0: No Time to Die is the 25th Bond film to be released, and it is a last hurrah for Daniel Craig in the role. For many cinema lovers this film has been a major part of the pandemic and for me at least its relays marks a turning point in the way our lives are going. With so much resting on this film, personally, I was worried it might not deliver but from the minute it started I knew it would be excellent, I expected crazy action sequences and not villain but what I didn't expect was real, properly developed characters. This film owes a debt to every Bond film that came before it and it pays homage to them too, the filmmakers clearly understand what makes a good Bond movie, if the musical allusion to On Her Majesty's Secret Service is anything to go by. The film suffers at points because it is too long and yet there is very little I would want removed. It is a roller coaster ride from start to finish and I was swept along by it happily. However to really discuss the film I have to enter into spoilers, if you haven't seen the film then I recommend you stop reading now this is not a film you want spoiled, it really needs to be seen with no information whatsoever going in. So with that out of the way we can discuss the fact this film shows that you can bring Bond into the modern age without removing everything that makes him who he is. Instead of rewriting the character this film builds on the arcs established throughout Craig's tenure. It uses his retirement at the end of the film to introduce new characters into new roles. Lashana Lynch's Nomi is the new 007 and a complete badass, Madeline Swan returns from Spectre and becomes one of the most interesting characters in Bond history. Like Diana Riggs she becomes much more than the Bond girl archetype and is able to grow. The film also includes some careful LGBT representation, without shoving it down your throat. Q mentions he is expecting a man for dinner and nothing more is said, Q is still the tech genius he just has a few more layers. That isn't to say there aren't problems with some of the characters. Moneypenny is woefully underused with less than 15 minutes of screen time and Rami Malek's character Lucifer Satan, or something like that, feels like a secondary villain within his own film. He is by no means the worst villain we've ever seen and his motivations are at least justified somewhat, but his plan has remarkable similarities to current events and seems completely ludicrous, although I did enjoy that the film didn't shy away from the fact that Sophien was just evil and wanted to destroy the world. There are definite similarities between Sophine and the Joker he even goes so far as to do the whole you and I aren't so different thing. It does the typical thing of having the villain prove how awful he is by killing the previous villain. Usually I'm against this cause it feels cheap but here it serves multiple narrative purposes, and as to the arcs established. Daniel Craig's James Bond is the only Bond to have a real character arc over the course of his films, the death of Vesper still haunts him and so there is tension within his relationship with Swann and Swan is a more than equal match for him. The third act of the film shows just how much Swan has come to mean to Bond, when he meets their child. Immediately the stakes are higher cause Bond has a young life to carve for and the scenes in the forest as they escape the goons are reminiscent of Logan. Craig's Bond develops feelings and a sense of social responsibility, he has seen where his behavior can lead, what happens when he abandons people and he makes the decision that if he can't be with his family then he doesn't want to live. There was silence in the screening room as Bond sacrificed himself, as an icon of British cinema died for the people he believed in. It would seem totally out of character for anyone but Craig's Bond to do this, and it all felt totally earned. I do wonder if the next Bond will suffer in much the same way that Matt Smith did when he helped the TARDIS after the finality of Tenant's last episode. The film is a character study of Bond first and foremost and doesn't feel at any point like a film just about Bond, I think it says a lot that Swan's theme is almost as prominent on the Zimmer score as Bond's. The action in the film is stellar, from the opening sequence which follows a young swan, not Bond, and feels like something from a home invasion film not an action thriller, to the Cuban party which ends in much the same way as Raiders of the Lost Ark does. Each scene is eventful and thrilling yet the film isn't stuffed with them and although the 2.45 hours running time is long I wouldn't want to remove anything. de AMAs provides a standout comedic turn as a special agent who subverts the typical one-and-done Bond girl formula, she is entertaining and holds her own against Craig, She also shows the audience how much Bond has changed, for once he doesn't pursue every woman he meets until they go to bed with him. In fact there is very little of that in the film. This is by no means a perfect film but as an end to a quintet of films that have defined the last two decades it's really excellent. I had a thoroughly enjoyable time and I would recommend it to everyone, go see it in the cinema, sit back and watch in awe as a cinematic icon goes out in style.